the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We normally catch up with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management on Mondays, and it was totally my drop ball that we did not connect on Monday, but we're glad to have Josh with us today. And we just had uh, the Fed meeting again, Josh, and they raised the interest rates 25 basis points. Give me the short-term reaction of the markets and the financial world to this latest Fed increase. I I think the fact that the Fed only raised uh, interest rates by a quarter of a point reflects the fact that uh, there is a belief, at least by them, that inflation is starting to get under control. But also you could look at it and say maybe there's a belief that if we raise interest rates too much too quickly as we're trying to you know, achieve this perfect Goldilocks approach of getting interest rate raising just right to cool off the economy without crashing it, then maybe they couldn't raise it any more than that. But either way, uh, the market seemed to like it. You know, the market really spiked up uh, the day that it was raised. It's kind of ridden up there, but it's slowly starting to taper back. But nevertheless, it's higher today than it was before the interest rate raise. Josh is with Aptus Wealth Management, of course, 614-917-1040. Their number, set up your free consultation, make your appointment via the phone, or you can make your appointment online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. So we've talked about interest rates, and they go up and up and up, and we had record numbers of uh, 75 basis point increases. And I don't, I'm remiss that I don't ever ask you, like, okay, we know mortgage rates go up and car loan rates go up and all that, and, uh, but I got to assume that somebody wins or some asset classes win or there's a way to take advantage of increasing interest rates. Uh, am I right? Am I wrong on that? Does, does somebody win? Some investors win in this scenario? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the easiest place to point would be that interest rates on savings and CDs are starting to climb. Now, you have to be a little bit, uh, you have to go out of your way and work a little bit to get the higher interest rates. But I would suggest that if you're not earning at least 3% on your savings rates, and you're not earning at least 4% on shorter term CDs, think of a year or less, then you should probably start looking around. You know, and that's really on us. If, If we don't go out of our way to look at other banks and open up accounts and be good stewards of our money and earn as much interest as we can, quite frankly, banks are going to keep the rates where they can until we force them to do otherwise. So again, 3% on savings, 4% on CDs. Um, I think, you know, as we look into this chaotic year that it already is and, and try and forecast forward, I don't know that we ever know exactly what's going to do well in the way of asset classes and what is going to do poorly, but we can certainly point to what industries or what um, areas of the world seem to have a tailwind as opposed to a headwind. And it certainly seems like, you know, as we look at the United States, uh, price to earnings ratios on stocks are still pretty high. There's a lot of uncertainty in the United States. So I would say, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag in the U.S. Uh, But if you look at Europe, for example, um, you know, price to earnings ratios and their economy seems to be uh, doing pretty well in comparison. And that's not to say that Europe doesn't have its challenges. But, you know, let's look at then across the pond even a little bit further and look at Asia. You know, Asia, in my opinion, looks a little bit more negative than it has in in, uh, 
you know, the prior years. They have a whole host of problems over there, and I would say that they're, you know, more of a negative outlook. Um, commodities, gold, you know, these things still look favorable, but you have to know where to invest. And I think the takeaway here is asset allocation certainly matters, but deciding what that asset allocation looks like on an annual basis can really have a significant impact. So if you're just simply investing in large companies, small companies, keeping your allocation stagnant, you may be missing the ball on two things. Uh, one, you might be able to earn more money, but two, you might be able to lessen the amount of volatility that you experience. And I think as we get closer and closer to the season of retirement, or at least uh, that, that age in our life where we want to be financially independent, volatility becomes much more important. And we'd like to start shifting to that wooden roller coaster as opposed to the, uh, you know, the whatever they're calling now, the death trap, yeah. steel, spinny, quirky <laughs> screw thing, right? Yeah, exactly right. And that's uh, the benefit. That's what you get gain as a benefit when you are uh, represented by a fiduciary like Josh, Aptus Wealth Management. They're required by law to do what's best for their clients. And I certainly don't have enough time or expertise to survey all the markets every single day. And my guess is if I even tried it, it would drive me crazy because it does fluctuate so wildly. So that's the benefit of having somebody who has been through these uh, kinds of times before. Aptus Wealth Management, more than willing to offer you a free consultation. Their number to set it up is 614-917-1040. You can also make your appointment online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. And while you're on the site, subscribe to Josh's YouTube channel. You will get notified when he posts new content, and he does so frequently in small doses so that you can understand it, pause it, share it with friends and learn about things that can definitely put a uh, crimp in your retirement savings. So we've not in my lifetime come through a pandemic before, and I know there are always these instances where we have certain economic conditions, and you go back to, all right, when was the last time we had these economic conditions, and what worked, and that provides a template for us. But as I said, the pandemic introduces kind of a new wrinkle into that with supply chains and stuff like that. So uh, what do you think? Can we learn for sure from past instances like this? I mean, there was a big downturn in 2008, or are there some factors that might be a little bit uh, different this time when people come to picking an asset class that can win for them in 2023? You know, a very common phrase in our industry is, you know, past performance is no uh, mm. guarantee of future results. And, you know, that's true, but at the same time, history does have a fun way, funny way of maybe not repeating itself, but definitely looking related. So I think if we look to the past, it does give us that template to come up with a logical strategy moving forward. And, you know, when it comes to investing, there are no guarantees. However, there are some time-tested approaches to value companies, um, take a good hard look at market conditions to see if we do have that headwind versus tailwind, allocation models that have worked through times of stressed economies. Uh, but what you certainly want to be careful of is when you enter into uncertain times in the economy, you will also see the new strategies that will work in today's new world, a new economy, or mm. some sort of you know, sales pitch or strategy or scheme that sounds a little, get, a little bit too good to be true. And I think we can fall much more victim to those type of approaches when we're stressed and concerned and emotional about our money. So I would also be cautious of those as well. Yeah, and you and I talked about that on uh, the previous uh, uh, episode of the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show, and you were so spot on when you talked about, we've got an insider, and for the first time ever, he's ready to dish on how things work, and for a limited time only, and those kinds of things. There's some red flags with those kinds of uh, dire announcements. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, as much as we'd like to think that we're, 
you know, too smart to fall victim to those types of things. I think sometimes it's important to have a second set of eyes, take a look at what you're thinking about doing before you do it so that maybe you didn't ignore some very important warning signs because you were too jaded by the positives. And, and again, it's, it's a direct attack or a direct appeal to either your emotional uncertainty or your, your fear or whatever that, that trigger point might be for you. Sometimes we, we just can't see the forest through the trees. And uh, I would highly recommend that you have a, uh, you know, a trusted advisor to contact to take a second look before you dive in. Yeah, great idea. And Aptus Wealth Management, of course, is mine. And uh, I would highly recommend you sit for the free consultation, 614-917-1040, aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. So the unemployment numbers are out really uh, supposedly great, uh, but I always wonder, like, are these real jobs, one-job-only type jobs where they pay for all the bills, or are these any part-time job that counts into the job numbers? What do you make of the jobs number? Well, I mean, the jobs number was absolutely positive. I mean, we're now at a unemployment rate that is, uh, I believe, a 53-year low at 3.4%, which obviously is a great number, but I, I think you speak uh, the, the truth about maybe our um, lack of confidence in some of the numbers that we're seeing come out of Washington. And, you know, it started back when we said, are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? Well, it depends. If you use the old definition, we're definitely in a recession. So let's just change the definition. <laughs> and now we're not. Um, so I, I, you know, you can't ignore the fact that the jobs number being as positive as it was is a good thing. It's a question of, is it as good as we're reflecting? And, and uh, I think that's just points again to the uncertainty of, of the American people and not necessarily trusting their government. So you better have another strategy. Uh, don't trust your government as to whether or not the economy is positive. Trust the actual numbers. And that's what you do before you invest. Yeah, absolutely right. And you will get the straight scoop from Aptus Wealth Management because they are fiduciary. They are required by law to do what is best for their clients. 614-917-1040 to set up your free consultation. You can make your appointment online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. They're located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750. And Josh and I will host the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show Friday night at 7 and replay Saturday at noon. As always, Josh, thanks for your time, and we'll see you on Friday. So as we wrap up today, here's a little snippet into the testimony from the former Twitter executives in Washington, D.C. about the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, One of them said, oh, we followed our procedures to the hilt and we we did nothing wrong. But, uh, well, here's one who I guess wants to stay out of prison. His name is Joel Roth on the censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story. A laptop that at first glance bore a lot of similarities to the 2016 Russian hack and leak operation targeting the DNC. Of course. And we had to decide what to do. And in that moment, with limited information, Twitter made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Under the distribution of hacked material policy, the company decided to prevent links to the New York Post stories about the laptop from being shared across the service. Did he say they made a mistake? He did, because they did. Well, theirs is not the only one today. Editorial from the Columbus Dispatch, written by a Democratic operative named Lauren Harper. She is the co-founder of Welcome Political Action Committee and the Welcome Party. 
well, maybe she's not a Democrat, Bruce. Uh, What else is in her bio? Uh, Well, those two organizations, it says here, work to grow and sustain a mainstream Big Tent Democratic Party in Ohio and across the country. In 2022, the Welcome PAC engaged independents and moderate Republicans in support of Representative Tim Ryan for U.S. Senate. Oh, moderate Republicans. Okay, the ones who voted for J.D. Vance are the extremists and thankfully the majority. Uh. What is Ms. Harper writing today? Well, she's writing that Republican propaganda will not work against Sherrod Brown in Ohio. That is what she's saying. Why is she saying that? Because she says that uh, Matt Dolan, who's running against Sherrod Brown, and I'm not a Matt Dolan guy. We're going to get a lot better choices than Matt Dolan. But she can't take Matt Dolan, squishy former Democrat that he is, saying that Sherrod Brown has demonstrated throughout his political career in Washington blind loyalty to his party. Oh, Lauren Harper is very offended by that. She says, uh, Sherrod Brown has voted and worked with Donald Trump plenty of times when it benefited Ohio. Now, this is the this is the good part of the Internet. I mean, I know there's a lot of bad stuff on the Internet. There's pornography and there's lies and, you know, there's LGBTQ content and all that. But the Internet occasionally does come in handy you can go to the internet and you can type in Sherrod Brown voting with Donald Trump. And you will come up with voting uh, a website called uh, Tracking Congress in the Age of Trump. And it has anybody in Congress or the Senate and their entire voting record on matters pertaining to Donald Trump. So uh, I did that. It's pretty apparent Lauren Harper didn't, but I did that. So what has Sherrod Brown voted with Donald Trump on? Well, uh, he voted with Donald Trump on stimulus spending. Is that a shock to you? A Democrat who would like to spend money and give money to people? No, that is not a shock to me either. Uh, What did he not vote with Donald Trump on? Well, he did not vote with Donald Trump on the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett for the Supreme Court. He did not vote with Donald Trump for the appointment of John Ratcliffe as uh, National Intelligence Director. Uh, He did not vote with Donald Trump's nominees for the Secretary of Energy or the Secretary of the Interior or to head up the EPA. He did not vote with Donald Trump on efforts to push back on Obamacare. He did not vote with Donald Trump on repealing uh, state and local tax matters related to the IRS. Hmm. Anything else? Ah, he voted against Donald Trump on the border wall. He voted against Donald Trump when Donald Trump said, I want to curtail arms sales to the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia. He voted against Donald Trump when Donald Trump tried to push through a measure that would force doctors to care for infants who were born alive after an abortion. Sherrod Brown voted against that. Hmm. And he voted against every other procedure that Donald Trump had related to the preservation of life, including the defunding of Planned Parenthood. So, uh, no, Sherrod Brown did not vote with Donald Trump on things that are decidedly Trumpian policies. There are always going to be things that get passed in Congress and in government because you just pretty much don't have any disagreement on them during the pandemic. All that spending, everybody agreed to that. We've shut businesses down. We've pretty much forced people not to work, we should step in and we should fill in the breach. Yes, those are non-controversial 
pieces of legislation, at least in the moment. And on those, you can find evidence that Sherrod Brown voted with Donald Trump. But that does not mean, as Lauren Harper asserts in this waste of ink, that Sherrod Brown is your average, normal, everyday Ohioan. In fact, that's how she describes him. This is the Republican playbook nowadays. Take normal, everyday Ohioans like Sherrod Brown and do everything in their power to link them to far-left elites on the coast. Okay, let's uh, let's do something else that Lauren Harper did not do. Let's Wikipedia Sherrod Brown. Now, Wikipedia is a decidedly liberal-leaning site. So let's see if Sherrod Brown has led a life common to most citizens of the state of Ohio. Well, he's from Mansfield. That's pretty much a blue-collar type town. Okay, you're doing pretty well so far, Lauren Harper. Oh, look at this. Sherrod Brown became a state representative in the state of Ohio in 1974. By my calculations, that, mean he is now, that means he is now in his 49th year as a public servant. Has Sherrod Brown ever had a real job? Answer, no, he has not. He is, well, I can't blame him, following the career path of one Joe Biden, who, after being in public office for five decades, is unbelievably wealthy for somebody who has never drawn a salary in excess of $200,000 a year. What else? Oh, Sherrod Brown went to Yale. I think pretty much, I think I live out on a country road. I haven't checked lately. There's about 10 houses on the road I live on. I think eight of them have Yale degrees on the, on the wall. Isn't that how it is in your neighborhood? That's Sherrod Brown's background. Normal, everyday Ohioan, Sherrod Brown. Uh, Sherrod Brown got a divorce, and the woman that he was divorced from filed a protective order because she said that he harassed her and that he was uh, abusive in nature, um, that he had subjected his children to threats of physical violence. Is that a normal, everyday Ohioan behavior? That does not happen on my road. I can tell you that. That is not normal, everyday activity on a road. And then, oh, look at this. Sherrod Brown remarried a woman who was really good friends with the woman he got divorced from. Hmm. I find that to be not normal, average, everyday Ohioan behavior either. Maybe if we followed Sherrod Brown around, given how he married someone who is or was a close friend of his former wife, maybe there would be videotape of Sherrod Brown kissing other people's spouses on the mouth, like Jill Biden playing doctor last night with Doug Imhoff, the first man, husband of Kamala Harris. I don't know. But I know this. Sherrod Brown is not an average, normal, everyday Ohio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.